as they were defenders of the status quo. Their children would be bankers, and their children would be poets. Something like that. Count on it. In fifty years, a golden age of poetry. Arkady rejoined the conversation. Are you sure you want to do this? Maybe your husband will change his ways. Not him, she smiled with an extra twist. He's a brute. Arkady said... We'll need phone numbers, addresses, keys, his routine, habits, where he hangs out. I understand you and your husband have a business near the Arbot. On the Arbot. Actually, it's my business. What sort? Matchmaking. International matchmaking. What is the company's name? Cupid. That was interesting, Arkady thought. A quarrel in Cupid's bower? You and your husband both work there? All he does is stand around and smoke cigarettes and drink with his mates. I do the work, he takes the money, and when I try to stop him, he hits me. Victor said, So now you want him... Dead and buried. Victor grinned. He liked a woman with zeal. Arkady said, What I need to know is how you knew to go to the police to have your husband killed. It makes us nervous when an innocent citizen such as yourself knows how to reach us. Did you get our number from a friend, or did a skywriter spell out killers for hire? Zoya shrugged. A man left a message on my phone and said if I had a problem to call this number. I called, and your friend answered. Did you save the message? Arkady asked. No, why would I want anything like that on my machine? Anyway, what does it matter? I can give you each two hundred dollars. How do we know this isn't a trap? Arkady asked. This phone thing bothers me. This could be a case of entrapment. Zoya had a throaty smoker's laugh. How do I know you won't simply keep the money? Or worse, tell my husband. Victor said, Any enterprise demands a certain amount of trust on both sides. To begin with, the price is $5,000. Half before and half after. I can get someone on the street to do it for fifty. You get what you pay for, Victor said. With us, your husband's total disappearance is guaranteed, and we'll handle the investigation ourselves. Arkady felt he had a front-row seat to the snow, to the way it tumbled in foamy waves over parked cars. If Zoya Falotova could afford an SUV, she could pay $5,000 to eliminate her husband. He's very strong, she said. No. He'll just be heavy, Victor assured her. Zoya counted out a stack of much-handled American bills, to which she added a photograph of a man in a bathrobe at the public beach. Alexander Filatov was alarmingly large, with long, wet hair, and he was showing the camera a beer can he had apparently crushed with one hand. How will I know he's dead? Zoya asked. Victor said, We'll give you proof. We take a picture. I've read about this. Sometimes so-called killers use makeup and catsup and pretend the victim is dead. I want something more solid. More solid? asked Victor. Something personal, Zoya said. She swirled her glass. He has a pretty large nose. Victor said, I am not cutting off anybody's nose. If he's already dead, it would be like carving a chicken. Wait. 
Zoya unfolded a piece of paper with a photograph of a drawing of a tiger fighting off a pack of wolves. The photo was murky, taken in poor light, and the drawing itself had an indistinct quality. I thought of this. I photographed his tattoo a few nights ago while he was in a drunken stupor. It's his own design. The tiger stood majestically on its hind legs, one paw swiping the air as the wolves snarled and cringed. A pine forest and mountain stream framed the battle. On the white arm of a birch were the letters T-V-E-R. Victor asked, What does that mean? He's from Tver, Zoya said. There are no tigers in Tver, Victor said. No mountains either. It's a flat, hopeless dump on the Volga. Arkady thought that was a little harsh, but people who made it to Moscow from places like Tver usually shed their hometown.